what episode? 32. 32. I thought we were further along. We're back with episode 32 of the Living Room Chat Podcast, and we're back in Matt's living room. Yeah. Feels like I've been, haven't been here for ages. The living Room Chat Podcast, we haven't been in the living room for a little no. while. No, I don't think it has the same like ring, does it? You know, the office, office room. Chat podcast. The office Chat Podcast. Office Chat Podcast. It's not the vibe, not is the it? Same. No, you can be more open in the living room than you can in an office. Yeah, room. of course you can. And the thing is, also, you've got all that background noise as well, which isn't a problem. It adds to the. Yeah atmosphere of the call a conversation but certainly when editing you can hear the background noise a lot more than than this yeah. so i feel like you should be clear and crisp on podcasts we've got peace and quiet here today and i want us yeah. to make the most of this space nice while we're sun streaming it. in it's on the good side as well i listened to a cool stat on a podcast recently you know we talked about before about the percentages of how many people do podcasts yeah now it was really because we we kind of mumbled along about years ago. We got through our first one and now we're into like the top percentage. The guy cleared it up 100%. So here's the stats. 90% of podcast, podcasts that have ever existed have only ever made it to episode three. So if you go over, if you do episode four, you're already into the top 10% of podcasts. Mm. Of those 10%, only 10% of those make it past episode 21. Okay. So basically, if you've done 22 episodes, you are in the top 1% of podcasts that have ever existed. And we're in episode 32. So that's us. So we're in the top 1%. Cool, congratulations. Cheers, man. <laughs> Cheers, man. 1% on our way to do 40. Yeah, and uh, we've got to do it, obviously, before the end of the year, even if we just cram them all in. We yeah, will we do can, it. We can do that. We can spend a day just wash out five episodes if we needed to. I was listening to Gary V say that everyone should have a podcast. Yeah. Just saying everyone, whatever you do, whatever your profession, whatever your interest, everyone should have a podcast. I think it's a good format. I mean, it's become a joke, hasn't it? Like, oh, not another podcast. Yeah. But it's a good format. I, I think, think it. I think to... if you do it for the right belief and reasons, like we, we were very honest when we started ours, it was just we needed free therapy and it was a good yeah. time to chat and get a bit of content for our business. Yeah. yeah. But I like it. It's kind of evolved in a good way and then it kind of dropped off a little bit recently which we've talked about but I think after this year because we come up our first one was at the start of December last year so just before the World Cup wasn't it oh yeah of course it was yeah, yeah, yeah. so we're about we're going to be about a year into it we'll get to 40 episodes and then I know we spoke about it and we have no other information at this point but we are going to not rebrand it but I think we're going to try and re-energise it and sort of start moving it forward because we've got we're getting there, like TikTok, we're getting a couple of, you know, got 20,000 plus oh, videos. We've got, um, you know, 30,000 views on YouTube now. So we like, we're getting there, but it'd be good yeah. to take it to the next level, I think. I'd like to get more, uh, I'd like to get more guests on. I've yeah. always enjoyed it when we've spoken to you. I think guests. that adds a bit of a vibe, doesn't it? So, um, anyway, should we dive yeah, into great. this episode? Yeah, so what are we talking about? So, um, I think we'll just dive straight into the funny thing because obviously, for those of you, didn't see or don't remember in the episode before, we talked about boilers and why, well, Matt particularly, oh, right. yeah. why you thought boiler inspections or services was pointless. Um, this is a clip of the TikTok reel that achieved, I think we had over 20,000 views and hundreds of comments. This was the clip you'll see on the screen now. Boiler servicing. I watched my boiler get serviced. I'm not sure anyone needs to get their boiler serviced ever. <laughs> is the pressure like 1.5? Yeah, dust this off. 
Dust that off. 100 quid, please. Looks good for me. Sign that off. There's your boiler service. And everyone sees the boiler service and they go, oh, yeah, the boiler's days. heating up the hot water. It's doing the one job it's there to do. Good. Yeah. I'm not sure people need to worry about it as much as they do. That was obviously a few months ago. You're obviously in the process of selling your humble abode here. And yep. your, bo- your buyer requested a up-to-date boiler yeah, well, service. I, I saw the inquiry come in from the solicitor. It said... When was the most recent boiler service? Would the seller be open to having a boiler service if it hasn't been one done in the last 12 months? Which thought, is a common request, to I be thought, fair. here we go. Yes, standard inquiry, I imagine, on yeah. the solicitor. Um, and I replied, said, no service record, boiler in full working order. <laughs> but then the, um, the agent who... With a link to your TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the agent yeah. I'm using just sent me a message saying, when was your last boiler service? Well, several years ago um, and, I, and I just thought do you know what I'm just going to get boiler service yeah it's like even though I don't want or need one if they want one whatever <laughs> called up back seat 147 quid yep come out on first April blah, 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 came out and, and I said to him because I, I had a client earlier this year who they had a Brit- British gas plant and um, they were about to move out and they said oh we've got a boiler service so we're going to get that boiler service done for the next buyer Nice thing to do if you've got mm-hmm. a boiler service, do it for your next buyer. The heating engineer came out and broke their boiler, so they then had to get a new boiler. So I had this story in the top of my mind and this yeah. sort of vision of the heating engineer coming out for the boiler service, breaking my boiler. Mm-hmm. And then, so anyway, so I said to them, I said, the main purpose of today is to not break anything. Um, and he said, no, your boiler's fine. Your boiler's absolutely fine. Which Pressure's 1.5, spot on. Pressure's where it needs to be. Everything's good. I was like, okay, great. He goes, well, but I've just seen there's not a bracket in the flue pipe in the loft, so uh, it doesn't meet regulations. <laughs> and I was like, well, this, this house is 20 years old. The boiler's 20 years old. It's always has it been. Oh, yeah, well, it's, we're going to have to mark this as a, as a... I can't remember what he said, but anyway noted it down as being incorrectly installed and it's just bollocks yeah it's just bollocks. For a, a bracketless flume sorry that was a bit of ranting on for me there about my experience but but what was the end of the story so the um you had big red letters on your on your certificate saying this is not safe to use yeah i don't really <laughs> want to be putting that out into the world but it's confessed now uh yeah, and then I thought, after you get a boiler service, you'd get a bit of paper that says, we've serviced your boiler, we've checked this and that. But yeah. they don't. They just send you an invoice to show you... No, they should, they should send you a certificate. That's what I thought. Yeah, you should have a certificate. Yeah, how, what are you going to send to Slister? Well, yeah, exactly. Maybe you have to pay for it first before they send it to you. I paid for it straight away. You should definitely have a certificate then. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It is weird. And how much would you usually pay for a boiler service, would you say? 100 quid. I had 147. Mate, you should have spoke to me. I've got I like, like two good guys. It. Yeah, I think I you have. straight to the manufacturer and got absolutely... Why would you do that? Just literally All type shot. in local gas engineer, you know, buy local, stay local, value local. No, because see, every time I mention my boiler to an engineer, they go, oh, I don't know about that one, mate. <laughs> Fair enough. I thought, I'm just going to go to the manufacturer, get it done. It'll be nice and easy. But it wasn't easy. It's a shit show. So my point remains, don't, don't worry it. about getting your boiler service. <laughs> Especially if you're selling. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So that's my. Line. I just thought it was quite funny when you sent it through to me saying, "Look what fucking happened. My uh, boiler's been deemed not usable." Oh, I already told you that bit. Yeah, you texted me the photo as soon as it oh, happened. Yeah. yeah. So that was just because there's not a bracket in the 
So what are you going to do? You're going to put your own bracket on there or you get someone around the door? We're just going to leave it. I'm just going to leave it. It's been like that for 20 years. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And it's probably going to come and shoot me in the foot. Like yeah, the boss going to be like, oh, the ball is deemed. And like, yeah, there we go. Interesting. Well, look, I think that's quite a funny story, but it does segue nicely onto another topic I wanted to bring up with you today. Okay. Surveyors. Mm-hmm. Now, I like surveyors. I really, sorry, just go back. We pissed off heating engineers. We pissed off double glazing salesmen, people with electric cars. Let's move on to surveyors, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I like surveyors. I have always throughout my career made a big effort to make them feel welcome when they came into the office or when I speak to them on the phone, give them time. They call up for comps, comparables that mm. is, for non-estate agency folk. Generally, my best to help them. Yeah. But I do feel like they make more work for us in the sale process than they actually need to do. Mm. And the reason I'm, it's a segue from yours is when surveyors go around, I do tell this to buyers, when they visit a property, they are not qualified to comment on the boiler or gas and also the electrics. So typically, in every survey report that I say, no matter how old the house is, there's normally flagged with a level three or three, which means, you know, needs attention ASAP now. A red one, for those of you who have ever looked at survey. This is a red issue, isn't it? Red issue. Not an amber or green, this is a red. And if you don't prep the buyer for that red, they're calling you straight away (gasps) saying, oh my God, the surveyor said the house is going to blow up and the electrics (laughs) are going to start a fire tomorrow and I'm not going to buy it. Why don't they just put a little disclaimer in the say, rather than a three or make it a big hoo-ha, just say, I'm not qualified to mention about the boiler, you need to seek professional advice. Why don't you just do that rather than putting a three? I don't understand. What's your views? I totally agree. And I think all of, the whole house moving process is almost geared up to make estate agents look bad. Yeah. Because we are selling a house to a buyer. Yeah. There is no obligation on the seller to do anything before it's put on the market. So they don't need a gas safety certificate, they don't need an electric certificate, they don't need any of this stuff. No. But most buyers will get that survey done, and as you say, the gas will always come back as red, and the electric always comes back as red. So they're two key parts of the house, which you know on any survey, it's going to come back as red. Buyers don't know how to digest a survey. Yeah. So it's like, by default, every house has an electric and a gas problem. Yeah. And... No one believes what the estate agent says because oh, the estate agent's going to say, don't worry about it. Of course they are. Yeah. Uh, but then there's no, uh, there's no uh, need for the seller to get these gas and electric certificates done up front. So it just annoys me that the whole process, either, either have it so you need a gas safety certificate and the ICR for every property that's sold, mm-hmm. which I actually don't think is a bad idea. I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, or, like you say, have a disclaimer in there. Yeah. Or have some kind of context in the survey. It's kind of like, so my conversation now with the buyer before the survey happens, and I have it on every single one, mm. just to let you know, the surveyor you've selected, and even if it's my recommended one, the surveyor you selected, they are not qualified to comment on the gas boiler or the electrics, okay? So they will be flagged as a three, as a red, but there's no issue the paperwork you can request via the solicitors, okay? We already know it's old. We know it's going to need to be replacing at some point. So just to make you aware. And that little thing there, me saying that, I shouldn't need to say that, but I do. And there's never 
very rarely an issue that comes up after that is when you don't have that conversation. And I feel like surveyors could make it easier. I appreciate they've got to protect themselves. And that's another thing. Sorry, ranting about surveyors. Some of the language they use. Yeah. Mate, if you read survey reports for houses, you'd be like, I'm never going to buy a fucking house again. Never buying anything. Ever. Ever. Like, it's ever, ever. It's so bad. Like, yeah, and it's always like fluffy language, like, there is a opportunity for potential for this risk to appear at this time, but may not happen, but may do. It's like really vague. Like super vague. And I'd say, look, uh, again to buyers, just to let you know, surveyors are covering themselves. They've got to, because if they don't mention something, even though that may not even be there, you know, there's always in the survey, doesn't matter what property is, mm. may, may contain trace of asbestos. Yeah. Oh my God, there's like 0.07% in the, in the plaster. Maybe, but they have to put it because if you then do something and find out there is something and they haven't mentioned it, they, you can you can sue them. Yeah, and it's that insurance they have, which is a large is a large part of what you're paying for, isn't it? In the survey costs. Yeah. I don't a- think people generally are very good at being pragmatic. No. So I think I'm a very pragmatic person, like with my approach to various jobs around the house. Yes, yeah, you're coving and. Um, <laughs> paint <Yeah. laughs> uh, but I don't think people are like that generally so it's kind of like oh if you appoint a surveyor to do something and you see their survey and that's just take language. it as gospel don't you and I think we're in we're in a slightly different position because we've bought and sold well you, you're selling for the first time I've bought and yeah, sold I'm, myself three or four properties yeah. and I've dealt with hundreds and hundreds of transactions so nothing's new nothing phases me I've seen everything before but Actually, for a buyer who's a first-time buyer or someone who's only moved once in 10 years, mm. I can understand you pay a professional to get their advice. You're going to listen to that professional's advice rather than the estate agent who has one thing in mind, stereotypically, which is get paid, get laid. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Get paid and move on to the next one. Ultimately, that's what we're there for. Yeah. Interesting. Can I tell you one of my deepest, darkest fears? Yeah. So I bought a 70s house, as you know, you've seen it a few times, um, two years ago. I didn't get a survey on it. No. Because I knew it was a shithole, and I knew I was going to rip everything out inside anyway. Mm-hmm. And it was obviously riddled with asbestos. I didn't even know that, but the whole garage was asbestos, like really? internal, yeah. Well, they'd used the fireboard at the top, which is all asbestos. The flume and the boiler was all, it was riddled with it. And I've seen a few, <laughs> I hope my buyer in the future doesn't ever look at this podcast. I've seen a few cracks appear in like, and the supporting wall at the front of the garage is quite a big diagonal crack along the front. Mm. And our driveway's kind of falling away because mm. I've got a block drain at the moment. So I jumped on the neighbor's drive next door and they're like teared down from me. Mm. And there's this whopping great big crack in the concrete where my drive starts and it's almost diagonal, big enough that I could put my fingers in. And now my deepest, darkest fear is when I sell in a few years time and the buyer says, I wanna get a survey, I'm really worried about what they're gonna find. And I just have this horrible feeling that my my patio at the back, we've had paddling pools on the back patio for, for the last couple of years. And we've just drained it onto the patio. It's now sunk a little bit. Like not much, maybe an inch, but just a wave. Like my patio is like a wave. And I'm just worried that there's like mass, because I'm built onto a hill, massive issues of silence, subsidence. And I just, I'm a little bit worried. It's just, yeah, made it worse for pouring a load of water. Yeah. My only my only saving grace is our neighbours moved in a year after us 
and they are the sort of people that I guarantee they would have got a full structural survey. And mm. theirs is fine, and I'm attached to it. So if I go down, I'm taking them with me. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just a bit worried about it. What happens uh, with your insurance? Say there is an issue. Well, I've just renewed my home insurance, and I went. I normally just like tick the boxes, cheapest one, yeah, done. I um, not this year. <laughs> not no, mate. Honestly, I went through every. I've got there's a fucking 20 meter oak in our back garden in the neighbor's back garden and one of the questions was is there a tree over 10 meters tall within five meters of your boundary and i've always gone that's about five and a half meters no to that this one yes i called up this called him up and said yep there is absolutely it's 4.6 meters where i measured it on the disto on the um laser measurer yeah yeah it's, um, I don't know how high it is, but it's fucking big. Um, can I just make sure that is absolutely you know, built within my report or my um, premium? Okay. So I pay a little bit extra, but I know I'm, well, I think I'm squeaky. I'm sure they'll get out of it, whatever happens. So you've made sure you've yeah. got some enhanced. But the, they have a rebuild cost as well. So part of your yeah. survey, you have a, like how much you can cost to rebuild the house because that's effectively what they suggest. If you have a rebuild cost of 100 grand, and the house is unsavable. Yeah, they'll only they'll only if you're if you're undervalued on the um, insurance, they'll only pay you out half of what you say. So I um yeah made sure my rebuild cost was like two hundred and fifty grand, mm. which is well over what it should be. Yeah, and I'm paying my premium has gone up from like ten pound I was paying a month, which is like nothing, to like thirty five pound a month. Oh, okay, but I don't care because I feel like I'm secure now. What is that? It's that peace of mind. And that extra 25 quid a month, you know, you do that for a few years before you actually, before that equates to the cost of a survey. Yeah. So. Do you reckon that's a sign of getting into your 30s that you actually like take care of your insurance? Like car insurance, I'd always like tick everything off. So just have it as cheap as possible. Now I'm like, legal cover? Yes, please. Courtesy car? 100%. I wonder if I'm about to enter that's part of my life because oh yeah because you just turned 30 so your insurance hasn't actually come up yet yeah so my yeah so i did my insurance a few months ago that's just like the cheapest one i could find yeah no i pay a little bit more now mine just i've got everything added on legal cover after we had a leak here in one of the pipes i was like oh we need to upgrade our insurance we haven't done I was like, oh. you sell it now and you say it's all right. I was like, lightning's not going to strike twice in <laughs> the same place. Touch with Fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, cool, right. Surveyors and surveys. Surveyors and, and surveys. Waste time. Stuff. I also... <laughs> not another... really. They're not a waste time. <laughs> you get one done at your own discretion. Yeah. I also had to uh, fix a roof tile on the roof, which is an annoying Did you job. do it yourself? My ladder wasn't tall enough. Yeah, well, it was two stories, three stories high, isn't it? Yeah, it was, it, it was the second row of tiles so I, if the ladder was a foot taller I could have got it I'd pay 100 quid for Rufus to just put a ladder put a tile back on yeah I felt very unmanly paying paying someone someone, to someone else paying 100 quid to just bring a ladder around couldn't you just put a little message on the Facebook group for your development say has anyone got a double story ladder yeah tried no one cared fair enough if you put a post in there like, oh, my kid's doing a lemonade stand or yeah, like, everyone's like, oh, lovely. If, if you ask someone for some help, no one cares. No one cares. Fair enough. Fair enough. Cool. Why? <laughs> um, topic number trois. What we got? Yeah. Um, perks of being self-employed is you have crippling no one's anxi- anxiety. Crippling anxiety is not a perk. <clears throat> yeah, but you have no one to answer to. Your diary is your own. Like, 
if you don't put anything in your diary, then there's nothing in your diary. Like there's no one you have to answer to. There's no things you have to do at all. So that's good because you can just book holidays whenever you want. The downside is when you go away for a week, you are constantly thinking about your business and should I be answering my phone? Should I check my email? Should I do this? Should I do that? Because nothing really happens without you being there. Now, I know it's slightly different for you because you've got um, the other larger, more follically challenged in hair particles, Matt. That was That's really rude, wasn't it? But he is, yeah. The bald Matt. Follically challenged. So he's there to pick up the pieces effectively for you. So it's a little bit yeah. different because you're going on holiday tomorrow. I am. And you're not going to Mar- Margate or South of Spain. You're going to... Tokyo. <laughs> Don't say that like that. Tokyo. <laughs> off to Japan. Yeah, off to Japan. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, really why Japan? Uh, well, my brother's always wanted to go, as I think we mentioned before, once a year we go off on a jolly somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Went to Marrakesh last time. Marrakesh you? last year, and it was COVID, and we did Bangkok just before COVID. Yeah. Uh, so this was just the next place on the list. Wow. And um, pretty good value. Guess how much we paid for flights? Maybe I've told you already. You have, yeah, but just for um, ease on this, I'll guess at, just for obviously, you know, make it look good. Pretend. On yeah. yeah. I reckon flights, return flights to Hong Kong, I reckon you paid about £600. Uh, to Tokyo, not Hong Kong. But, oh, but, sorry, um, yes, same place. Not. Yeah, that's no, like, not the same place. Tokyo is very different. <laughs> it's a different like, country. Uh, it's about... <laughs> similar sort of area on the It's map. only because I've been dealing with loads of bars from Hong Kong There's recently, Hong Kong that's why. It's just Hong, I've just done a viewing with someone from Hong Kong. It's just Hong Kong on the brain. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, well, we're going stopping off in Shanghai. Okay. Just north of Hong Kong. Fine. And then over but to you're going Tokyo. To Japan. Yeah. yeah. Six hundred pounds for flights and no it is It's about five seventy it was. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. Well that's pretty close then. Yeah, well, it's almost as if you knew already. Well last time you said when you called me and you're like, Guess how much my flights were? And I was like, Oh, judging by your enthusiasm, four fifty and you went, No, that was five fifty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you did the thing where if someone sounds excited you're always under Yeah. Or yeah. If you'd said, oh my God, guess how much my flights were? I'd be like, 750, 800. And you're like, no, man, they were 550. Anyway, that's cool. Uh, yeah. And, and, the ho- and the amazing hotel you got booked. And we're Tell staying in these, um, these pods, they call them, which is just like a, it's just a pod. It's just like a hole in the wall where it's just room for you to sleep. It's basically a double bed with a couple of shelves around the outside, isn't it? It's like for a your little, bag and stuff. Like almost a little hamster cage for a human. It sounds cool though. Without the running wheels and a little sleeping bag. And they're like t- tiered up, aren't they? It's like four in a row, isn't it? Yeah, so you climb up your little ladder, you go into your pod, you've got your, your light, you've got your USB charger, and they give you like a towel and a pyjamas and stuff. <laughs> um, Is there a door at the front? I think there's a little uh, privacy curtain. Wouldn't you be annoyed though if, you, like, if there's a couple, you know, getting up above you? No, they're all separate, so male and female. And I think oh. I'm quite intrigued because I think they're very like that in Japan. Mm. They keep like male Horse, and female, yeah, yeah. everything's quite orderly and yeah, makes sense. So there's not going to be some couple just going at it. I don't know much about Tokyo other than what I saw in Tokyo Drift. Yeah, um, well, I, we watched that film the other day recently just, just to, to get yourself soak prepared. up some of the culture. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your plans? What are you going to do? Like, have you got anything particular? Are you just going to go and sightsee, or have you got kind of a 
criteria? Not really. We're going for six days, which I think is a good amount of time. It's a long, I think it's a long time for Tokyo. Yeah, I think we'll see. I think... There'll be a lot of noodles you'll be eating. A lot of noodles, a lot of food. A lot of fish. It's not cooked. Yeah, raw fish. We just stereotype, stereotype in these, yeah. Saki or Saki? Saki. It must be so yeah. nice when you go when you go into like the town centre of Tokyo and you just can stand normally and just see above everyone else. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looking down on everyone. They would about. I do that enough here. Yeah. Uh, so so anyway, that's going to be fun. So I'm off. To, I'm off tomorrow, and um, yeah, managing work. Well, are you, are you worried, apprehensive, concerned, or are you just going to get all your ducks in a row today? Not and just... anymore. I think what I've been doing, what we're 18 months in now, and I think what I've learned is that you need to proactively plan for going away. Yeah. And, yeah, just manage everyone's expectations while you're away. Yeah. Remember the days when you're employed, where you could be there on a Friday, be like, out of office, yeah. I'll be back in two weeks. If yeah. you need me, Good luck. Yeah. See ya. Call the office. Here's the number. Yeah. Done. And then someone calls up and says, oh, can I speak to Matt on a Monday? Oh, no, he's on holiday for two weeks now. Oh, he didn't say anything. Why would he? It's like, does yeah. he owe you anything? Like, whatever. But now we're so engaged with our clients, we need to. And it's like guilt as well. Yeah. Going away. Um, but I think if you just manage it, that's a good point. Let people know. So we, we, obviously, we just paid off our holiday, actually. So we're off to um, Fortaventura. Myla calls it Ferientia. <laughs> so we're going to Fort Ventura. We fly out on the 16th of December. Is that Portugal? Uh, no, Canary Islands. Right. Espana. But it's more like, it's closer to Africa than it is Spain, but it is Spanish islands. Like Cape Canary. Verde, sort of, that far now. I don't know where Cape Verde is. Okay. No, it's literally in line with North Africa, but out in the sea. Oh, okay. out in the, in the sea. It's yeah, lovely. Yeah. I've been there like, probably been to the Canary Islands, I reckon... 15 times oh this is life. your little family we, you, we always used to go at Christmas yeah, yeah. every year we used to go to Lanzarote for a week either before or after Christmas anyway we've done that hoping it's going to be about 2025 but a perfect week off but I'm already thinking it's going to be December it's going to be quiet do I just WhatsApp people while I'm there or do I just literally shut off and I, I think that's what I'm going to do I'm going to tell all my clients going away for a week my good friend Matt Barrell said he'll take any of your calls if you need it um, pass them your number but just leave it and not check my emails, not do anything. That's what I'm thinking I'll do because it's a week before Christmas. So this is going to be shut. There's nothing really that needs to be done, is there? I think I think December and late August, are those nice times where there's actually not a lot going on. Yeah. When when I went away in late August, there just there just wasn't a lot going on. Yeah. I had my phone on me. It was just it was pretty quiet. So I think maybe as part of our business, we need to learn to enjoy. Yeah. Or tie in our downtime with those quiet periods yeah. and embrace them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Or even if it's just... Because I, I was thinking maybe I'd just take my laptop and just do an hour of work in the morning, just reply mm. to people just to say, I'm away, I'll call you when I get back. Or I just don't and just leave leads open. I don't know. I don't think that's the right thing to do. But it depends on what... Good plan would be to get everything sold before I go away and then I won't have to buy. That'd be great. That'd be the arsenal. That'd moment. be great. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Well, mate, I hope you have a good time. Cheers, bud. I'm sure yeah. you will. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, we'll What's the weather like there? Uh, apparently it's going to be okay. Like sort of 15 lows and like 20 highs. Economy. You taking a suitcase or you... Rucksack. You just taking a rucksack. You literally are. Yeah, I packed it last night. For a week. Yeah. That's what I love about blokes. Love it. Yeah. My mate and I, have been, obviously I'm massively into my mountain biking. You know that. I've mentioned that on the pod for a while. And they've just released next season's Downhill World Cups. So basically, there's 
six, seven or eight rounds, depending on the year, there's seven next year. And they have a space, they have a weekend of racing every couple of weeks throughout the summer. Mm. And they go to Poland, Switzerland, France, Scotland, uh, America, Canada, all over the place. And I'm looking, I spoke to my mate, I was like, look, we'll just, the Austria one seems great, or Switzerland. We'll just hop in a car on a Thursday, drive straight down, we won't book anything. If we have to sleep in the car, sleep in the car, just with a rucksack. And then Lauren piped up and said, oh, I'd like to come. <laughs> but she said, I don't really want to, we need to get a hotel there. I'm not going to book a hotel. Like, and then what about, you know, should we fly? I'm not, this has gone from like a couple hundred quid weekend away to watch the mountain bike. It's like a festival. So every you watch the biking during the day and then it just turns into a festival at night. Beers and just everyone's just muddy and it's just great. Shorts, yeah. flat cap, you know, that's it. No t-shirt. <laughs> and it just the whole vibe will change if women come. Nothing yeah. wrong with women, of course. I love them. It's it's the dynamic. Yeah. You know, the dynamic. It's not talked about a lot, the dynamic, yeah. or the vibe, as the kids would say. So me and Tom, we, we would just we would just bowl down there and we'll find somewhere to sleep, whether it's in the woods, if it's hot, or we'll find a little hotel around the back alley somewhere and it'd be like 20, 20 euros for the night. Yeah. Double bed, cool, jump in, get your head, get the head down for a couple of hours, off we go again. You'll figure out. Yeah, but no, everything has to be planned. You have to book it. So it'll go from being a couple hundred quid to being a grand easily, which I yeah. don't want to do. It's not the vibe. That's the trouble when things just get carried away. So I think me and me and my brother, when we go away, it's like, right, this, this is what we're doing. This is a budget. Yeah. And that's that. Perfect. Good shout. Uh, so yeah, find out more when I come back. Well, I look but forward to hearing uh, more about it. Let's wrap this up for now, shall we? Shall let's I do, do that, close? Man. You close, my cool. friends. Well, thanks for watching. This has been episode 32. 32. Find us on all social channels of your choosing. We've got TikTok, we've got YouTube, we've got Facebook, we've got Instagram, we've got... That's it. That's it. YouTube shorts if you want to separate them off. Yeah, Ryan and Lauren Avocado Property, Matt and Matt Avocado Property, just we're everywhere. So yeah, we'll see you in the next one. Nice one. Goodbye. Cheers, guys. (laughs) 